Hello and welcome to Q&A Quest episode 93. I'm your host, Mike Apsicky Wheels, and with me as always... Uh, oh, I was going, I had like all sorts of World Ends With You hype line up, lined up to introduce myself, but then I got distracted by Spider-Ham. Well, I'm afraid the world good. ends with me, not with you. Uh, no, what a wonderful world. Ah, <laughs> oh, sweet dog pool. Well... <laughs> I see trees of green and red roses too, and I think to myself, "What a wonderful world that we are stop we are not talking about Spider Ham anymore." <laughs> you say that now, but I'm also looking up Ant Ham. <laughs> oh. oh man! In addition to Captain, uh, in addition to Captain Cat America or whatever, there's also freaking Ultimate Captain America. All right, let's pause the Spider-Ham talk for a minute so our guests can introduce themselves. <laughs> so anyway, yes. your man in Japan, Michael Baker, Gaiji Monogatari, again. So. And now, uh, coming... and now our guests Sorry. can introduce themselves. Yes. I'm Spider-Ham. <laughs> oh, man. We've got a celebrity guest now. Welcome, Mr. Porker. <laughs> What's your actual name? <laughs> it's ruined. This entire thing is ruined. No, it's fine. Yes, my, my well thought out thing it's right, all fine. <laughs> that I spent so much effort on. Uh Pascal Takai over here coming from Florida. Representing the East Coast. <laughs> yeah, sweet. There's just never been someone from the East Coast on these. Well, that's because you guys um record late on Monday night, late for us on the East Coast. True. I'm going to be burning the midnight oil soon. It's true. <laughs> and then I'm here too, Josh Carpenter. No longer a Metal Max virgin. And how does it feel? I, I wish it had been better. <laughs> yes. Well, Slightly disappointing. Well, Refuse to extend this metaphor any further. It's going well, to get real sad. It's pretty much how that metaphor goes, no matter what. <laughs> I wish it had been better. It's kind of the, <laughs> the common... Um, thread of, with any no longer a virgin conversation yet well there are multiple Metamax imports we could recommend for you that are much much better unfortunately several of them are no longer as re- as reasonably priced as they used to oh yeah that's right mm-hmm. <laughs> even the 3DS stuff is going up in price now the Metal Max 4 and Metal Max 2 Reloaded are both sitting pretty close to $60 secondhand. Man. Yeah, we, we commented on this last week, but that's a about a $20 increase for Metal Max 4 and closer to a $40 increase for Metal Max 2. <laughs> and they that's were always expensive on these shops. So. Yeah, I heard that last week. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Cool. That's a surprise. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, wasn't expected. I'm glad I got you to pick those up for me. Why they were still um, not insanely expensive? Yeah, that's actually how I got into the habit of checking the prices every once in a while, just to feel nice about getting them at a good one. <laughs> and then suddenly it's like, wow, I got them at a really good price. <sighs> I could have had it so much worse. I Maybe think Metal Max Xeno coming out made people want to play good Metal Max games. <laughs> Quite possibly, yes. I'm just thinking Metal Max 4 currently costs more now secondhand than I actually paid for it. Man. <laughs> actually, what I would have if I hadn't actually gotten the deluxe box, which was still slightly above the 
current second hand. Should just have invested in Metal Max futures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, sure. Uh... Invest in games with no, literally no future of the future. Yes. Yeah. I'm sure that that RP Gamer review is doing its part in driving the price up. <laughs> I keep on saying I was very happy I did not have to do the Xeno review because at the very best I could possibly damn it with faint praise. And not as bad as Saga. <laughs> <laughs> not, no, it's all relative. But um, but in any case, yeah, um, I mean, for me, the, be- the good point was the battle system for the most part. I didn't like that it cut down on some of the attack types and reduced the overall number of enemy types but that's kind of, that kind of goes part and parcel with the um, reduced emphasis on actual out of tank adventures mm. where yeah the previous games some of the most interesting areas in the game you have to walk through and so you Is... see a lot you see a lot more um, non tank related major battles are you using the word adventures um, ironically no, I mean, like, in one in one scenario, you might have to protect a town from an encroaching ant invasion where the ants are the size of horses. And <sighs> you can't fit tanks down into the anthill, so you have to go down and hunt down the ant queen with flamethrowers. Oh, no, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking of Xeno, sorry, because in, so, in that case, adventures would have been used incorrectly. Yes, exactly. Um, Whereas that yeah. sounded like 350s movies got smashed together. Yeah, that, that was actually Metal Saga Season of Steel hmm. for that one. Um, in, a, in Metal Max 2, you have to um, recruit this old, bitter, cynical sea captain named Behab, who is who has who owns a working ship on the lake in the middle of Acid Canyon because all the others got wrecked by a genetically engineered monster called the U-Shark. I'm just lost in the name Behab. <laughs> oh, yes. His father's name was Ahab. His little brother's name was Sehab. His entire family, including wife and child, have, were killed by the U-Shark. So he is out for revenge. Oh, gosh. So, well. uh, he's the only fourth-person NPC that you actually get as a party member for a short period of time. He replaces the dog mm. while, um, while you're out hunting the shark on his boat. Dog didn't want to go into the water. Oh no, he just refuses to um, not be in on the fight, so he's got a harpoon gun. Um, ah. Trying to remember how it actually played out, it's been a while. Yeah. Things like that. Um, Metal Max 2 Reloaded, the remake, um, had a murder mystery in an old abandoned hotel. <laughs> Th- this is the second adventure what? in that hotel. The first one was, the- was trying to track down an invisible man. I feel like I'd stop going to that hotel after a while. Yeah. Josh, I feel like we've been conned. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> yes. Where was all of this fun stuff? <laughs> Seriously. I mean, I remember just ra- um, randomly mentioning stuff in the What Are You Playing Today forum thread when I was doing Metal Max 4, and a lot of people were just like, why the hell can't we get this? I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, things to do today. Um, stop... Um, stop a space bee invasion of a space station. Every Metal Max quest description sounds like a shit post. <laughs> I mean, it's like, 
in most of the games that have tele have a teleportation system besides Xeno, there will occasionally be malfunctions, and that's usually how you find the location of where to get the resurrect um, the uh, revive medicines. But Metal Max Four had a, a transporter malfunction that took you to the base of a um, of a space elevator. <laughs> that, that lets you access a space station in geosynchronous orbit that still had people living on it. And any battle that you had in the garden habitat, do, um, habitat of the space station, the camera was randomly tilted like 80 degrees in one direction. <laughs> or another direction. Sometimes you would be fighting the battle and it looks like you were upside down. <laughs> and this is what? while fighting, fighting off infestations of space bees zombie astronauts, and giant mutated anthropophagus carrots. <laughs> to, be, uh, to be fair, though, I don't know about Metal Max 4, but like some of the earlier ones were done by a different developer, weren't they? The, the two Metal Saga games were produced by success. Um, Metal Saga PlayStation 2 was developed by success, and the DS game was developed by the original guys, Createc, under the auspices of success, after success realized that they weren't. Oh, wait, we're bad at this. <laughs> yes. So, um, which is why if I had to go back and re-review Season of Steel, I probably would have given it a 3 instead of a 2.5. So, but maybe not because those those touch controls were really freaking annoying. <sighs> well, hopefully we one day get a good hand, one. <laughs> on the other hand, it included a trio of assassination robots called Hell's Kitchen that were... Just, that were Designed to look like an oven, a microwave toaster, and a refrigerator. Oh, I remember this scene from Brave Little Toaster. Yeah. See, like, I, playing Xeno, I liked the combat, and I really liked when, when you got the weird monster design, but it doesn't have any of that sort of fun, like you're describing from the older ones. It just misses all that. Or, or any other sort of fun. That sort? I mean, if you're the kind of gamer who likes to just see how much damage per round you can actually make. So, there is that. It does have the, the real technical side and the statistic fun. It has that. Yeah. If you enjoy that. Yeah. But, I mean, you just, you just have to look at the title I gave to my impression of it to really feel what I thought of it. But for, the, for the audience, the title was Heavy Grim Metal Dark. <laughs> Because it is those things. Heavy metal and grim dark too ridiculous. But actually not, not ridiculous enough, I should say. Needs to come out the other end. Yes. I mean like Warhammer does just go so completely beyond the concept that it gets like farcical. Yeah, the story parts just got a little too otaku pandery. Yeah, I, I guess that's what they were going for. It's kind of hard to tell. That seems like what they would try to go for if their idea was we need to find a new audience for the series. I'm not sure why they needed to. But... Uh, I I blame Katakawa. Yeah. I mean that's I mean they tried that with Metal Max Four with the change in art direction, which was kind of interesting on the game cover. I remember. Oh, I remember more... talking to at least one. Um, um, American game journalist who's like, yeah, I was interested, but I saw the cover arms and thought, no way. Uh, yes, the motorcycle motorcycle girlfriend. Yes. Yeah, choices were made. Yeah. yeah. 
And the thing is, um, you can still get NPCs with you who use the earlier DS um, character art. <laughs> I'm sure that looks congruous. Oh, no, it looks it's really awesome stuff. I'm um, just saying it probably clashes a little bit. Not as much as you'd think, but... Hmm. Yep. Especially since a lot of the orig- um, the early character art that was shown mm-hmm. wasn't shaded the same way it is in the game. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it, it's not nearly as incongruous as you would think. Hmm. Plus, Middle Max 4 managed to take all of the 2D modeled monsters from the, the DS games and make them recognizably the same things in 3D. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. And we're talking some really weird stuff. As it should be. Yeah. Yeah, despite my not great time with it, I'd still be interested in playing another game or playing a remake of one of those DS or 3DS games on Switch. Like, it's weird and different enough that it's interesting. Yes. Even it's if this one is not garden variety bad. No, no, it is most certainly not garden variety bad. It's its own very special we wish it could have been better variety. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you be like your brother? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Like, I even had fun kind of, like, outfitting the tanks and trying to figure that stuff out. Like, if they had balanced that a little bit better as the game went along all the way, rather than just having kind of, like, a, a giant difficulty spike at the end of the game, I think oh, that yeah, really could have worked. I mean, so, I mean... Most of the previous games, bosses, final bosses weren't slouches either. But the what did they call the final boss in the English translation? By the way, oh gosh, um, I, I was just calling it the, like the Factory of Death. What yeah, was, was it? Catastrophe or something like that. Yeah, ca- ca- catastrophes or yeah, right, right. That's what it was. Yeah, they didn't even bother to change the name. Nope. Well. Wow. This was not a high-effort localization, I don't believe. Yeah. Too bad, because one of the high points of Metal Saga for PlayStation 2 was Atlas's very fun translation. So you get your Atlas and you get your Nisa. So you'd say it's an East 8 version 1.0 level of localization? Uh, probably not. Probably not an Archeozoic big hole. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't... I don't remember anything embarrassing like that, but, y- you know, a, a lower effort, a C effort <laughs> localization. <laughs> uh, what I really wanted to see with the final boss was after you beat it, like a door opens up and you have to go inside the thing and destroy something. Mm-hmm. That's what I really wanted to see because um, up until the very end, it was reminding me a lot of... Um, the pseudo final boss of Metal Saga DS that was called the Overlord. Yeah, it was a giant floating weapons platform that would randomly wander across the map, and if you got too close, it would bomb the hell out of you. <laughs> so finally, you have to take this thing on with your one tank that you're allowed in that game, and uh, um, and just somehow manage to do enough damage to make it crash. And then you have to go inside and wreck stuff. That's a neat idea. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you have you have to beat the final level into submission before you can get into it and beat the final level. <laughs> That's what I was really hoping for with Zeno, because it would also ha- 
it could also include some very interesting implications for the main character's left arm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that it there not that never went anywhere. No, it did not. <laughs> Spoiler, but that um, it's hilarious because it's front and center on the back of the box. On the front of the box. <laughs> Yeah, in, in yeah. hindsight, I'm you know after seeing the credits and at some point it, it dawned on me what why why was that such a plot point that was brought up repeatedly when it it didn't matter during the final battle it didn't matter before the final battle it had no implications after the final battle if if you look at the design on his elbow the the way the joints put together that's one of the eyes from one of the suns it's the same design so you have to wonder. Okay, is something going to get really weird in the next game if they make it, or did they just run out of time and cut probably one of the better? <laughs> I'm just assuming that something got lost in se- one of several rewrites. I, I, mean, I was really, I was really hoping that your own hero ended up turning into the final boss. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it does seem like it, the kind, the kind of plot point they, you know, were planning to carry over to the next game which would be fine like it was an interesting thing to tease and then carry over if it hadn't already simultaneously been the most interesting thing in this game as well like there was nothing more interesting that happened apart from that so that shouldn't have just been a tease for a possible sequel down the line sometime yep ballsy move we're gonna make a game with basically no interesting story but pretend that there might be one sequel (sighs) um so I told this story on um, an RPG cast last week, um, but Gaijin, I kind of, uh, I don't know if blame is too strong a word, but I kind of blame <laughs> you for for me volunteering to, <laughs> to play this game. I accept the blame. Oh, well. It isn't, it's indirect. I mean, I, I guess I could place the blame elsewhere, but it kind of originates with you um, because I, you know, it, it seems like you were the one that was, um, uh, so I was sitting um, in... At, at E3 is when I saw it. I was sitting with uh, with Anna Marie with Paws, and when they were showing us uh, Metal Max, and I had no idea of of what it was. I'd never seen it or heard of it before, but um, but Paws had, and I'm assuming through you. So she had heard positive things about just Metal Max as a whole, probably from you. Almost oh, certainly from me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, and when when we were uh, when I was given the opportunity, hey, did you want to see Metal Max? And and she um, she chimed in, oh, you know, you got to try this. It's you know, it it comes from like a a series that's very uh, very positive, very good. You'll love it, blah 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 blah. And so um, when when the game was available for review, of course, you know, I figured, wow, <laughs> there were so many positive things said about it. Why how would I not volunteer for this? <laughs> and. Fast forward, fast forward about like about a week or two, and I had um, I had sent Gaijin a message, um, kind of asking or or maybe begging, hoping um, uh, how many hours long is the game? Because I think I was at maybe like fifty. I don't. I forget exactly ten or fifteen hours in, and I, like, I be more than that. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, and I thought I was like more than halfway through, and I was keeping my fingers crossed. And I asked Gaijin how many hours you know does it take to finish it, so I could kind of plan um finishing in a time to review it and all that and he came back with um so I, th- I think he said uh 30 hours and that and so my heart just you know sank at when i and then and then you sent me a second message oh correction i just checked my save file i was more like 40 hours and i'm like oh god i'm not even halfway there yet um <laughs> see when i got to the final boss and died four five six times in a row um 
I checked strategies online and found everyone recommending a particular skill set for a particular job class that I had not really invested in. So my final time got inflated above, well above 40 hours just by farming battleship Sauruses. Oh. Yep, that, that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean, it's one of the biggest things in the game, yep. and it's got the most experience points for, well, basically the most bang for your buck, and at that point, it's actually easier to take out than some of the later bosses. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, there was nothing I had to grind for in the game except the final boss, and I think I spent a total of maybe anywhere between five and seven extra hours grinding just to finally barely managed to take him out. Yeah. Yeah. Like I I I I think it was I don't even know what attempt it was that I had on the boss, but I had rejiggered my tank and I get to the final boss and I realize I didn't bring enough batteries to heal my uh to heal my <laughs> shields for the final thing. And so I just plowed on with like half shields to kind of see like okay, does this new does this new tank set up work and I do like 85-90% damage on that final form, and I'm like, great, I've, I've got this guy. And then I do like five times in a row, and he just keeps getting crit hits on my party and taking them out, and I don't get anywhere close to as well as doing as well as I did that very first time. So, uh, still haven't finished it. <laughs> yep. It's okay, no one can stop you. No one can make you. So you can, Josh, if, it's, it's the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> If you do finish it, are you going to write a second glowing review for the game? You know it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, oh. glow, that glow is Cherenkov radiation. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, uh. it was the happiest I've been in a long, long time beating a game, though. <laughs> it's finally over. Our long uh, national yep. finally Very satisfying. <laughs> Speaking of wonderfully satisfying bosses, I've been playing through Final Fantasy X, and last Thursday I finally beat the boss that ended my second attempt at a no-save run Seymour 18 years ago. Flux? Seymour Flux, yep. Yeah, that boss sucks. Yep. And then just this morning, I managed to finally beat Unaleska on the 7th or 8th try. Oh man, I hope you liked sitting through those cutscenes over and over. Did they add a cutscene skip to the HD version? I forget. No, they did not, but... You can still go back to the save point at the start of the cloister oh, after most of them. So all I had to do after each um, death was to just turn it back on, walk straight up to where she was, put the Vita away for a few minutes and go do something else and come back. That Unaleska has one of my favorite uh, just middle fingers to anyone who wasn't reading a guide but wanted to get the... Uh, but and ended up going back to try to get the ultimate weapons, which is that... If you don't grab Titus's like sun crest from behind where the Unalaska fight took place, by the time you can go back, Dark Bahamut lives there. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be- gonna find that out in about fifteen minutes. I'm guessing. Um, oops. It's yeah, not like I was gonna aim for the ultimate weapons anyway. Ooh. Yeah, you get super super boned. That is possibly the hardest of them. That all the extra content in FF10 International is kind of bad. I'm just thinking, they actually designed a boss fight that made you want to hold on to zombie status. Yeah, that was an interesting idea. What is that it was even a called? in the crotch when you got to the third part of the battle and she just killed everybody. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're one of those people that invested in 
the stupid amount of resources required to put Auto Phoenix on someone's armor. Mm hmm. I don't think I even have that option yet. Yeah, I don't. I don't think like FF10 has a good battle system, but I feel like a lot of the later fights sort of degenerate into these like the developers have a very specific idea in mind for how to solve this fight and. Like, you can get around it if you really know the systems, but for the most part, you're basically going to beat your head against some of these final bosses until you figure out what they wanted you to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now that I think about it, I think 10 was the last battle system that I actually liked in the series. Mm, I've liked some of the more recent ones. In 13, that's the thing I like the most about it. But... 13 was okay, I think. I don't remember it. Um, it doesn't stand out in my memory as anything specific, but so it mustn't have bothered me too much. But I, I don't think I liked it. Thirteen, the battle system where the most important button used is L two. <laughs> Got to be able to paradigm shift. It's important. Yeah. Especially later you can in the tell game. That, uh, when you, you can do tell, it in like a few seconds. You can tell that Motomu Toriyama was kind of jumping, was kind of like iterating on the idea of in FF ten too, of like well, you can change jobs for individual characters between uh, battles during a turn, and then it became like, well, with FF13, you can change everyone's job in the middle of a turn. <laughs> Should we get to a question? Or? Sure. Oh, yeah, questions. We right. occasionally do those, right? Q&A quest, right. We've answered a lot of questions no one wanted to ask. <laughs> no one asked about Middle Max? Can I, no can one I... did. Can I just talk about Spider-Man PS4 some more? Is that a thing we can do? No, actually, I yeah. get to talk about Fist of the North Star instead. Oh. That was actually an empty crowd. <laughs> so Spider-Man PS4 is awesome. Oh, oh if you're going to actually do that. It's awesome. It's so good. I'm going to freaking so fight good. you. You get to write a new... If you can successfully convince the site to publish a review of it, you're allowed to talk about it on q and I, I don't think I could do that in good faith. Because, yeah, it has level-ups, but it's... it's uh, yeah. It's that sort of RPG mechanic that invades basically every game these days? Yes, huh? exactly. <laughs> skill trees. It's like skill, like skill trees and health upgrades, and it's like, I'm not actually using most of this stuff. <laughs> oh, you're not much of a Spider-Man, are you? No, I am, I'm an awesome Spider-Man. That's why I don't need extra gadgets and skills, yo. I mean, so are you? Do, are you uh, one of the ones that plays it for ten hours straight? Uh, well, it's one of the games where it's like, hey, my kid wants to watch me play this, so uh, I got extra time to play. <laughs> also, you were playing it at like three a.m. because I remember you sending a message to that effect. Yeah, that happened. Yeah. Because I've been playing it in just short bursts, not even every day, every every two or three days for maybe 20 or 25 minutes at a time, and I'm having just a really good time with it. Yeah, I, I think I was doing that for a while, and then like I hit a point in the story where it's like, I have to see what's going to happen next. Because mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really well written, extremely well acted, and it's, it's, it's awesome. I actually passed on it for several weeks and was about and you know my, I, I I was kind of planning on just not getting it at all, um, based on just a real quick uh, like a a play sample um, at E3 where 
the two things uh, we were allowed to do were uh, one was like swinging through the streets and doing um, one of those car car chases, I guess. Uh. Um, and I did not understand the controls for 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 web slinging, um, so I, you know, I didn't have a good time with it because I I wasn't doing anything right and I kept falling off the car or being shot off the car more accurately. And then the second um, the second thing we got to play was one of the uh, construction site uh, brawls. And uh, again, just not knowing the controls, just kind of jumping in. Obviously, it is a lot of like button mashy, but there's some there's some uh, skill required to it, knowing what to do, when to do it. Yeah. The and combat so I did not, system. Yeah. Okay. I didn't enjoy it then. And I almost, you know, so I was ready to write it off as I just, you know, it's not it's not a very fun game. Uh, and I'm glad I didn't listen to my own uh, incorrect assumptions because it really is that good. Yeah, and the, the the main game obviously does a much better job of introducing you to all that and all the other mechanics in the game. That combat system would not demo well just because, like, yeah, there's a lot of mashing, but also every button is designed to do something very specific and is yeah. designed to counter something very specific. So. Yeah, and then once you do gain yeah. some of the skills, some of them are really useful, and then you kind of have to remember what they all do, like, in the heat of the moment, moment because everything moves pretty damn fast. So... But I yeah, swore not... we would one day answer a question, and I won't let you continue on this. All right, man. okay, okay. So our first question this week is from Eternal Youth. Um, well, I think we've gotten questions from a few weeks in a row. Who says, yeah, no, I'm a regular. Nice. What are each of the host's favorite first-person dungeon crawler, and what elements or mechanics do you enjoy most? Do you like brutal, hardcore, challenging ones with elements of permadeath and puzzles, or stylish, moderately challenging ones such as Mary Skelter that have pre-made characters... Never even heard of that. I'll have to try to figure out what the hell that is. <laughs> that's a pause favorite. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. Vita, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I would I would assume first person dungeon crawler I've never heard of is a Vita game. Honestly, I haven't had a lot of good luck with some some of the more modern dungeon crawlers. Um, most of the ones I enjoyed for the older types were Megatons, with all of the fun issues that those involve. <laughs> Um, my most recent ones were, um, oh, Unchained Blades Exiv. Oh, that's dark. Yeah, which would have, would have been better with about mm, five to ten times more plot. It had about ten percent of the plot that it needed to cover the dungeons it had. Um, and um, X-Tetra, which was not actually a dungeon crawler, but it was designed in a way that really looked like it was a <clears throat> inspired by one. Mm-hmm. The most procedurally generated um, regular RPG I've ever seen. Um, but I'd say the one I actually enjoyed the most was Beyond the Labyrinth, which is probably the weirdest <laughs> dungeon crawler I've ever played. Uh, I don't think I can take talking about Beyond the Labyrinth again. It's another one of those. Oh, we didn't get it. <laughs> oh man, we didn't get it. Oh no, we didn't get it. Like, oh heck, why did we not get this? It was released in like the first year of the 3DS. I remember looking forward to it because it was a Tri-Ace game, and I was gonna—I was willing to try just about anything from them. It was a very beautiful Tri-Ace game. Yeah, it's really impressive looking when I saw it in screenshots in like 2011. But uh, as as another person who doesn't have much to contribute to this. Uh, the most salient memory I have of playing dungeon crawlers that isn't like an Etrian Odyssey is 
playing Persona 1 and finishing it just out of sheer hatred, so... <laughs> like, I, I freaking despise the dungeons in that game. Oh, they're terrible. I, I, I got... That is one game I got to the very end, to the absolute last boss, couldn't beat it, and just, like, threw it down in spite. <laughs> I got really lucky because apparently the game was actually judging the responses that I was giving to every, like nonsensical like like every dialogue choice and apparently it gives you ultimate personas if you answer right and i just got all of those and that made it possible but very annoying to actually beat the final boss yeah because it's a typical terrible smt you know final boss with multiple forms and (laughs) alternate oh yeah yeah and it's doing that after all of those Awful, awful, incredibly long dungeons. I, I'm like, uh. But the worst part was there wasn't a save point next to the last boss, so you had to do like 45 minutes of dungeon crawling before you could even get to him. Yeah, I remember one of the last areas before one of the last bosses. I'm not sure if like my brain is conflating different parts of the game, but I remember one that just like in the hallway right before the final boss, there's just like a couple of floor tiles that'll just drop you straight through to a previous floor and you have to run back up. That that sounds familiar, yep. <laughs> and it's just like it's just awful. It's just mean. <laughs> like it 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 just exists to like this this couldn't have been fun to anyone. This is just like spitting in your face. And it's a shame because you can kind of see like the interesting seeds of Persona that would come to be in Persona Two and further on, but man, the gameplay is just hateful. Yeah, like, if you were to remake Persona 1 in Persona 2's, like, gameplay engine, you would probably have, with, like, dungeons that were reasonably, like, corrected for that, you would probably have a fine game. Yeah. But you, they, no one has ever done that, and no one ever will. No one will ever touch it. Atlas will never touch any of the games before 3 again. Nope, they're too popular now. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, like, remaking Persona 2 sure paid dividends in sales, right? Oh. <laughs> oh. So, yeah. But, like, that is my salient memory of, like, oh, this is what, like, this is what happened the last time I played one of these. I, I played some Soul Hackers, too. I had fun with that, but I, I knew what I was getting into with mm-hmm. that, which was a game where they understood that the game was kind of old and hateful, so they just added in a bunch of, like, essentially minor convenience hacks. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't played a ton of first-person dungeon crawlers either. The one that comes to mind that I played for review not too awful long ago was Demon Gaze 2 on the... on the Actually, I played that on PS4, not Vita. It just feels like a Vita game. But that was a fun little dungeon crawler. Yeah, definitely toward the easier end more narrative focused you know like you you get a a set party and it's kind of like half visual novel half dungeon crawler but that was a lot of fun sort of like what they did with the untold Etrian odyssey games yeah maybe even probably a little more more that yeah a little more narrative focused than even that since they weren't retrofitting it onto a game that essentially had no like character narrative yeah fair enough sounds pretty similar to the first game yeah only they made it easier (laughs) <laughs> That's good, because, uh, yeah, I had some difficulty issues with the first game. <laughs> Sounded like a lot of people did, from what I read. Yeah. I, I think I had to turn it down to, like, the easiest setting to beat the final ball. Ridiculous. 
Yeesh. One of those. Yep. And you do not give in very easily. No. I beat Spider-Man on hard. <laughs> you just want to talk about Spider-Man again. No, yep. I I want to talk about Etrian Odyssey, because that is a series of first-person dungeon crawlers I obviously really loved. Um, you say loved as though something changed. No. I, th- I feel like it's got the... Like, it can be challenging, it's, it's tough, but it doesn't go to the absurd tough levels that, like, wizardry clones, like um, Elmenage Original do. I'll play re- Wizardry 4. A game I reviewed that broke me for first-person dungeon crawlers for, like, half a year. <laughs> but, yeah. Why did I just remember the Dark Spire exists? Um, should go talk to Mr. Phil Willis about that now. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear about that. <laughs> it is the season for scary stories. <laughs> scary, scary stories turned in the dark. A review of the dark fire. <laughs> oh, man. I think I actually bought that game and tried it for about 10 minutes. It was like, this is... It's awful. It came <laughs> out in like it came out in like oh nine, like right after Etrian Odyssey had sort of created a niche fan base for this for this kind of thing on the DS, and then like people were like, "Here's another one that does that." Oh wait, this is completely terrible. Why would I do this to myself? <sighs> that was a fad that did not really last. Uh, and as for permadeath, no, I do not. Going back to the question, no, I do not want permadeath in my first person. It's not like crawl. permadeath in anything. Yeah. <laughs> Except maybe Fire Emblem. Keeps you on your toes. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I don't play with permadeath in Fire Emblem. I'm one of those There's people. option of it, at least. Yeah, it's good to have it as an option. I just, I don't use it. <laughs> so, uh, only for XCOM? XCOM. You gotta have your permadeath. Has anybody played um, Legend of Grimrock? I know um, people who have. No, mm. no, but I've played um, Eye of the Beholder. I I just remember seeing I know is similar. the title and thinking, oh, it's a tra- it's a dinosaur transformers game. No, it's not. Darn it! <laughs> <laughs> I've been bamboozled again. Yep. Yeah, so um, I might be wrong, but it's a, it's a Western developed game, no? Yeah. Yes. yes. Have you played it? I have not. Um, I'm not. I've been kind of silent on the first-person dungeon crawlers. I have not really. I'm, I am playing one for review right now, which is pretty much my official first one. I think I played Etrian, um, the original Etrian, for maybe like 20 minutes and just got sidetracked. Nothing against it. Um, but I'm not so sure that it's my preferred uh, genre. Okay. This definitely is absolutely not for everyone, I can tell you that. <laughs> But uh, so I was asking about um, Grimrock because it it doesn't look like I could enjoy it. Um, I think I would prefer my uh, dungeon crawler with more puzzles and narrative. But um, also, I was just curious. <laughs> yes. Apparently made by a Finnish team. Yeah. So assuming so, it's always compared to Eye of the Beholder, which is this older Dungeons and Dragons first-person dungeon crawler series. So the big difference there is it's not turn-based combat. It's sort of sort of real time. Uh, like I said, I haven't really played Legend of Grimlock, but in Eye of the Beholder, you'd, take, you'd like click on like the, some weapon icons for your characters in front, and they'd 
they'd attack in real time, and like it would take time for their attacks to refresh. It was, it's a, a different take on that sort of game. And yeah, that may be more up your alley, I don't know. I'm remembering that time that From Software like brought the Kingsfield franchise to the PSP as Wizardry knockoffs. Oh, that is that is like a double helping of awful. <laughs> I can't believe that you would say such unkind words about a game as prestigious as Kingsfield Additional. I did play a little bit of Kingsfield. Oh, that is first person. Yeah. It's a first person dungeon crawler, it's just not yeah. turn based. Yeah. I played a few minutes of it as well. Uh, actually, I remember playing a demo of Shadow Tower, like, oh, God, that's about 20 years ago, and that sucked really bad, and I never played <laughs> another one. <laughs> I just remember um, Kingsfield as the game that where you perfect the technique of swinging your weapon as you backstep so that you land a hit without being hit yourself, and then forward step, swing the weapon as you backstep, and just repeat over and over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's amazing. Uh, it's amazing that's by the uh, same development company that uh, ended up making Dark Souls. I mean, it was it was by the same company, but I mean, it's like straight up ship of Theseus as far as people who worked on it. So. Yes. Speaking of which, finally Dark Souls on Switch this week. Can't wait. Oh, sweet. Need to crowdsource what my terrible character name will be. <laughs> my last uh, my last character was named Derek Souls. I don't know how I can top it. Um, another Spider-Ham joke of some variety? No, 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 Mark? no. Mark, Mark Souls? Mark Souls is a good name. Dark Bacon? What? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. He's just trying to connect Bacon back to Ham, Spider-Ham. He just Anything he can do to know, get back to I know to where he's going. That doesn't mean I'm mm, going to let him. Bacon. <laughs> Just dunk wheels straight in the toilet. Can I have some bacon first? Alright, next question. Part of the same question. Uh, and what are your thoughts in crafting in, on crafting in RPGs? If the developers actually take the time to make a good system, yay. If they just half-ass it just to say that they have a crafting system, I try to stay away from it. If they do the latter and then force you to sit through a tutorial of how to use it, the video game goes into the trash can. I <laughs> know, uh, Atelier's been getting better about asking if you want to skip the tutorials. Yeah, no, I'm saying if they make, if they just make a crafting system that the game isn't built around, which the, oh, uh, course, yeah, yeah. the Atelier games are very different from that. But yeah, if they, if they then force me to sit through a tutorial for the system I never, ever want to use, then, you know, straight into the trash can it goes. A lot of people are enjoying the Dragon Quest Eleven crafting. Dragon Quest traditional, put it in the pot. Put it in the pot, and then you get to bang away at it. Oh, Good man. Stuff. Dude, that sounds kind of fun, actually. But, I mean, if you got something like Legend of Mana's wonderfully bizarre system of... We're not quite sure how this is supposed to work, but somehow it does... And we need a an FAQ that's longer than some novels in order to explain it all. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I that mean, sounds about right. I mean, seriously, back in the day, I remember being on the Legend of Mana boards and GameFAQs, and there were people putting in levels of research into the game's crafting system that you would normally see um, reserved for thesis papers. 
term, possibly doctoral piece of paper. Mm. Listen, that's like someone's going to need that doctorate. Someone's going to hire based on that legend, that that mana doctorate. A doctorate in Kawazuology. Kawazuology, thank you very much. Yeah. I'm trying to decide if I prefer crafting to to purchasing weapons and gear. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm I'm thrifty, so I don't like spending money. But I don't. I I mean, even a um a good crafting system, or let's let's say a, an easy to use crafting system like in Dragon Quest. I'm not sure that I really enjoy crafting, no matter what. I think for me, at least, it has to be like satisfying to do. Like this is one of the things that draws me to Monster Hunter, because you're specifically hunting down a bunch of parts and generally you're gonna have to do like a lot of tough battles and it's very satisfying when you get all those components together and make to make like a pretty cool piece of armor or weapon or something like that so i think the pro for me the process has to be enjoyable not just if it's a mini game to craft or you know what other element there is there it has the whole process has to mean so of course there's also um RPGs that are completely built around crafting, meaning that crafting is um, it's it's like the main aspect of gameplay, and it's what makes all the other gameplay possible. Um, maybe you guys can educate me if there's a, a name for this, uh, that kind of subgenre. I'm, I'm not familiar with one. I guess a, a re- resource genre? management, like a. Um, it, I mean, like outside of the Atelier games. I guess what do f- they call them? So to get, like to try to explain, um, there's one game in particular I'm thinking of, but I know there's others. Um, but I'll I'll just reference a game called um, Smoke and Sacrifice, which is probably not not as well known. Uh, it's mm-hmm. pretty recent though. Um, it's basically everything everything you do and everything you fight, you um, pick up uh, resources, which you then craft other items uh, with, and 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 weapons and gear to wear and so on. Um, and everything you wear and everything you use is constantly degrading. So you have to continuously forge new pieces, which means you have to keep uh, collecting high-level and low-level resources throughout the entire game. So you need like you need new gear to access new areas and obviously better weapons to fight um, harder bosses, but you also have to keep backtracking to pick up um, lower pieces of... Uh, or, or lower-level resources to, to build your way back up to the... Um, the higher level ones that you need for later in the game. So the basically the entire game revolves around um, crafting and, and and just upkeep of your entire inventory at all times. So there's um, there's probably some some name for this that I'm not familiar with, but it's like if you love crafting, then it's the ultimate game. And if if you're like me, then it's not a game you'll enjoy. <laughs> there needs to be a name for this kind of game. Obviously, it's, there's more than I even realized. It's kind of the reason why um, I stay far away from Dragon Quest Builders, because it just sounds like it has potential to be exactly what I just described. <laughs> like, if I hear um, an RPG, but it's you know it's built around Minecraft, or it's, it's like Minecraft, where you have to collect and build things. So, I don't know. It's, it's already enough. It's, you're asking a lot if I just have to... Craft and like you said, like a mini game of crafting. Um, I don't, I don't want to play a whole game around based around crafting. 
I can see I'm not like sparking any um, interest in the panel. Well, I, <laughs> no. I, I, I was going to say, game. Dragon Quest Builders is a lot of fun. For me, it's like Minecraft, only actually good. Stickish burn. And I've heard well, that so many people say that. Well, I think Minecraft, for a lot of good. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, like Minecraft, you kind of have to build your own fun, I guess. Whereas Dragon Quest Builders is obviously a lot more guided because there's a story, you have to build up this town. It, it's just a lot more, I don't know if straightforward is the word, but it's a lot more... Directed? It's a lot more, yes, thank you. It's a lot more directed. Um, whereas Minecraft is kind of just, uh, I don't know, here's some stuff... Do whatever. Have fun. Here's a box of Legos. Have fun. Yeah, yeah, which is fine. And a lot of people really dig that. I just... I, I can't get into that. Dragon Quest Builders obviously takes really all the tools of that. Because, I mean, you look at the interface and the basic design and everything. It's Minecraft. Uh, and puts it into more of a directed game. And it's a hell of a lot of fun. And I hope um, uh, more more games try stuff like that because I think it's it's a pretty good template for some cool stuff. I do wish it was a bit more um, RPG, like it's it's kind of like the combat. What little there is is pretty simple. So I wish they were they had incorporated a little more RPG elements in there. But I mean, it's still it's really fun. I feel like um, DQ Builders 2 was just announced. It's been yes. announced a while ago. I don't know if we have an English yeah, localization announcement. I, I don't think they've announced it for the West yet. It comes out in Japan in like December? Something like that? Yeah. It's PS4 and Switch game. Uh, it's supposed to release uh, December 20th. Still hope for it coming out in the West. All right, should we move on to the next question? Yes, sir. All right. Uh, it's from Budai. Uh, do you have patience for games that make you complete it multiple times to see the full game? No. Ye- yes. No. <laughs> depends on how good the game is. Undertale. De- de- depends on how long it is. <laughs> that's that's going to be a big part of it. Yeah, yeah. That, is, that is a key element, yeah. Or if, it, or if it has a specific point where you can save and still be able to see most of the endings off of one save file. Yeah. Reminds me of, uh, there is, like, a few of these where it's like, well, this game is, like, an hour long, but there's, like, 30 endings, so I'll play that. So, like, you know, I've always been a fan of the way of the samurai games, which are basically that. Like, I was well, okay. Oh, go ahead. It, I was just going to say, it's, it's not, like, when I hear the question, I think more of not just um, different endings that you can access from your save point, but more that on a repeat playing from the very beginning, things are different. Um, you know, there's actually a point to replaying the entire game. And say uh, Metal Max Xeno lets you restart in oh. mode there, <laughs> and just just for the hell of it, I had all three characters piled together into the buggy with as much weaponry as I could carry and taking out as many bosses in a row as I could, <laughs> including the third um, son's drone boss that just happens to be hovering around because it no longer has a story point to trigger its appearance. <laughs> so. Throw your own boss rush. Yep. I managed to make it all the way up to the cannon turtle. Just with the dune buggy. And three oh. people, which it was not actually supposed to be able to hold three people, but there's a bug that lets you do it. Of course there's a bug. 
<laughs> well, I mean, it's not a bad one. You just have to put three people in the tank that allows three people, then switch out the tanks. I mean, I don't really replay games no matter what. I don't. I just don't have the time for it these days. But I feel like um, from everything I've heard about uh, Nier Automata, that one I, I would replay. And that's a case where it worked because, like, your subsequent playthroughs were considerably different. And they also started getting shorter and shorter as you replayed them. So, you know... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is a replay, and then it's kind of not. I mean, it is almost like a more like a continuation of the story. It, it, it's yeah, it's weird. Like the second playthrough is almost like a the second storyline is like a replay of the first one from a slightly different perspective, and probably the closest to a replay. And then it starts getting diverging more with some of the other uh, routes as you get further. I mean, so that's a replay that's worth it. Yeah, yeah. But then again, I, I didn't replay Undertale. I just didn't care anymore, and which probably Aww. means I missed I missed out on like the main aspect of it, the main point of it. I feel like the main point of it was uh, was freaking Papyrus talking about how he wanted to have eight legs so he could wear four pairs of pants. That's the real I mean, point. Four pairs, those four pairs of hot pants. Hot is there pants. A genre of pants. <laughs> okay, that's true. You're okay, technically so, correct. Okay, guys, what you mentioned about Dark Bahamut earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I just figured, you know, I'll just walk in and I'll see what happens. And he just, he's getting like three attacks for everyone and he's hitting for quintuple nine damage. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The, I say right the bonus bosses in FF10 suck really hard. But uh, Yeah, that's putting it mildly. Uh, yeah, you guys bringing up Near Automata just makes me think of like how many times Yoko Taro has iterated on that concept, and how in Dragon Guard One it was just it was both impossible to work out in logical a logical sense of how these replaying all these missions was actually affecting the plot. Like trying to flowchart out how that plot worked made no sense. <laughs> but also, like the like. All of the missions were basically the same mission anyway, because they're all bad dynasty warriors. So, uh, I just, I just have a lot of bad things to say about Dragon Guard. I'm sorry. Yeah, I think the last game I ex replayed extensively was West of Loathing, hmm. and that's partly because the the three different um, choices for character class actually play very different from differently from each other, and almost every major plot quest in the game has multiple ways of solving it. Sometimes with special trophies for doing it all in one particular way or another. So. I mean, I guess you could say I've replayed the, the nonary games, um, because you have to replay them multiple times to get all the, the various um, paths the story can take, but is that really considered a replay of the game, or is that all just you know the same playthrough at the same time? Or like that uh, that rude trick that at least one of them pulls, where one of the endings turns into a different ending if you've gotten certain other endings. Uh, yeah, but so you have to possibly repeat that same route twice. Yeah, it sucks really bad. <laughs> I guess getting too clever with my half with game endings is a really good way to piss me mm. off. I don't do any new game pluses though. I mean, if it's if it's literally just hey, same game but I guess mm. better gear, I, I don't have time. And the true ending hidden out there by playing a 50-hour oh. game again? Like, nope, nope, not happening. I'll YouTube it. 
If I care that much. If I get a whiff that a game has multiple endings and I don't think I'll have it in me to play it more than once, I just immediately start looking for a guide for how to get the good ones. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really liked uh, World of Final Fantasy a couple of years back, um, but it has it does that that it pulls that true ending thing. Um, I forget exactly how it plays out now, but there's um, after the credits, there's uh, at least one or possibly more extra dungeons if you want to get to the true ending, and that requires who knows how much extra grinding. So um, I did not see the true ending in there. Maybe one day. I keep telling myself those games that I do like, you know, one day, one day, but then no day. That day will never come. Yeah. The future refuses to change. Then Metal Mag Zeno shows up in your inbox and you got something else to play. <laughs> have to use my time on this. Uh, I wish that game was better. Uh, now I'm sad again. It'll be okay. No, it won't. <laughs> okay, probably not. Um, one of the games I think I obviously like to replay a lot, although maybe replay isn't the right word would be um, Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter. <laughs> that game's like 12 hours long if you play it right. It's true. But I'm really thinking of a lot of like that and lots of roguelikes where you play, you do playthrough, you finish a run, and then it unlocks more stuff, and then you can kind of keep going all, all that way, but it's probably not really the same thing that Budai was talking about here. Yeah, probably not, because in that vein, I could talk about, like, Into the Breach, which came yeah. out early this year. That was fantastic, but that similar type of roguelike thing, where there's, e- even in that one, there's not really much of an over-connecting story. You're just kind of, like, flashing into different timelines and using different mechs to take out bugs. Yeah. I need to play that game. It's oh, on man. Switch now. Oh, I definitely need to pick that up then. <laughs> Thinking about this question did make me think of the reverse of this question, though, which... Uh which was a game that rolled credits halfway through, and then when I talked about how the game sucked real hard when I was complaining about it on the internet, people had the temerity to tell me I was only halfway done, and I was like, screw you, the game rolled credits, I'm not playing it more of it. What game was that? This was Tales of Legendia. (laughs) Very, very bad PS2 Tales game. (laughs) But uh, that game has the temerity to roll the credits halfway through and then pretend that, like, no, you have to, if you want the real ending, you have to play another 30 hours of this trash (laughs) <laughs> Not, I, I, by the end of it I was like one the game's been stuck on like the worst love triangle ever for like half it's runtime, and I want none of these people to be happy <laughs> so as far as I'm concerned none of them are <laughs> bury that you disc got, into the cold cold ground in, in a strange sense you got the good ending <laughs> yeah I got the good ending I never have to play it again the good ending of everybody's miserable forever (laughs) they deserved it all of them were terrible unfulfilled love for everybody one of the characters was so pissed off that like the that the guy she liked didn't like her back that she turned into like freaking world destroying evil satan so (laughs) what is this for real? It's like the actual story. Yeah. That sounds like a Tales game, yes. Yeah. And then, like, the happy ending for her, apparently, is, like... I can't even remember. There's some reason that she does... That that stops being the case, but it's really, really freaking dumb. I've replayed the uh, 
the first few hours, the the I guess the the Midgard hours of um, Final Fantasy VII multiple times. It's a good self-contained story. <laughs> yeah. Once it kind of opens up, I, you know that's that's enough of the replay. <laughs> we know how the rest of it goes. So I'll just go vacation in Casa del Sol. I've it's done kind of, mo- mo- it's, oh, it's like ahead. if I just if I just rewatched um, Jabba's barge over and over. <laughs> I feel like yeah. a lot of people do do that with Return of the Jedi. Yeah, <laughs> it's a good. Uh, you know, it ends on its own high note. So why continue? It's <laughs> fine. You never see any Ewoks. I like Ewoks. I did too. How do you feel people, about Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure? Well, I, ne- I never saw that one so much later. I did see Ewoks the Battle for Indoor, though. I used to have it on VHS tape, and I really liked it when I was seven. I remember seeing that on TV and thinking for a while that I'd hallucinated it at some stage. Because I, <laughs> like, there was a period where I didn't really have access to the internet that could confirm that it actually happened. Oh, man. It did. Yeah. I eventually found that yes, it definitely happened. But there was a period where I was like, "What the hell was that? What was I? Am I? Did I make this up?" Mm, I uh, I downloaded the holiday special like a couple of years ago, and oh. I've been saving it to you know one day when I really want to just hurt myself mentally and crush my soul. I will watch that. Save it. I haven't seen it yet. Feeling oh. too happy. <laughs> Most people buy antidepressants. I'm much but, more concerned with depressants. There's there's no danger of of me feeling too happy to to watch it anytime soon because I you know now I play things like Metal Max Zeno and there's no <laughs> there's no need. It's ne- not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, if 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 that is the worst game you've reviewed so far, you are in for some pain. We are not letting oh, all, we no. all talk about oh, we now. All one up you on this one. <laughs> yeah, no, I I think yeah, Wheels is not. Um, I'm not trying to like. Uh, challenge the the champion or anything. I'm not sitting through wheels talking about freaking Mugen Souls for the 800. Oh no, I mean at this point, <laughs> no, 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 man, no, I'd rather Souls. Remember. So uh, honestly, at this point, I would rather talk about Disgaea 5 because that was more painful, even though it was not as bad of a game. I just want to say oh. I've been on the cast twice, and that's a, a total of two for two that uh, Mugen Souls has been brought up. It comes up a lot. Yes. A lot. There was a period where I think it was batting a thousand. It doesn't do it doesn't come up quite as often anymore, but there was a period yeah. where it had scarred wheels deeply enough that he talked about it like literally every episode. Uh now I'm remembering uh there's there's a lot of just really bad games that we could go off on that I don't want to go on this tangent. Let's move on to the next question. <laughs> Okay, okay. Which game can you think of that turned out to be a huge hit that surprised you? Can you think of any flops that you thought would be hits? But wait, I didn't get to talk about all my Dark Souls New Game Pluses. Nope. No. Okay, fine. Nothing changed in those games. You just played it eight times. No, they get harder. That's not the same as something changing. They didn't lock <laughs> anything behind it. That is probably the one game that more people than anything else replay. In part it's because true. it goes from being a 40-hour game to being a 10-hour game. Yes, that's like I think, um, I think on like four playthroughs on one save file, I think it was about forty or fifty hours the first one, and after the next three, it had increased by like ten or fifteen hours. <laughs> so yeah. But, yeah. Anyway, next question. Games that turned out to be a huge hit that surprised you. Think of any flops that you thought would be hits. I can think of a big one 
from earlier this year, for me at least, and that's Monster Hunter World. AKA like, Capcom's best selling game ever. Yeah, like I thought it would do well, like really well, but that is a, a, a <clears throat> level I never imagined in my wildest dreams. It's now at like, 10 million. The game God. is huge. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy. Totally. Like, the game has been on sale a bunch of times, but in generally, it's still going for $60 most of the time. I don't think it's well. dropped much below 40 or 35 has it? No, it's... It it's hasn't dropped into to... impulse buy range. That's no. There's been a few sale- sales of, like, $30, uh, but that's about it. It's generally sitting at 40 to 60 Monster Hunter forever. Yeah. I-, I think it stunned everyone with how well it sold. Oh, absolutely. I, I don't think I'm, Capcom's internal estimates said best-selling game we've ever produced. <laughs> and and I'm wondering if uh, Generations Ultimate on the Switch, if that was kind of like, well, that did insanely well. Let's bring let's bring this Switch one over as well. Just release more of them. See if people will yeah. buy. It. I'm and curious as far as if I it's know, a trick they can pull twice, but as far as I know, it's done well. Like I, they don't think it's gone on clearance or anything like that, but. I don't know. I mean, in the sense of, like, a lot of people picked up World because it was the first one for a system that they had, or a yeah. system that they cared about, and I'm curious how many of them will come back for a hypothetical World 2. Or World G. Super Monster Hunter World 2 Yoshi's Island. <laughs> That's the one where you carry a hunter on your back and fight other monsters. Maybe they can do another Metal Gear Solid crossover. Oh man, Gear Rex. <laughs> you ever see those whales? No. In uh, Peace Walker, they made like monster hunterized, like organic versions of the various Metal Gears from prior games. Oh, that's pretty cool. But yeah, that that was a, that was kind of a surprise hit for everyone. Yep. And then of course last year it was near Automata. Which is just oh, kind of yeah. crazy how well that sold. Yeah. After, you know, uh, four after games. Yeah, after the Dragon Guard series isn't exactly a household name, and the first one kind of, kind of well did did so well that uh, Kavya closed up shop right after Near, you know, released on the <laughs> PS3 and 360. So, uh, I don't think anyone thought that Near Automata would outsell uh, Persona Five. No, especially yeah. when there's been, I mean, there's been a lot of critically acclaimed Platinum games, but, like, none of them have been huge. Yeah. There's also that. It's the power of, like, a known developer mixed with the main character is a is an attractive woman instead of a burly old man. <laughs> <laughs> well, isn't that kind of the story behind Demon Souls, is that they didn't think it was going to be a, a thing? Like, they didn't, you know... It, That's they, why they have... Sony passed over publishing it. Yeah, and they yeah. kind of weren't they given more free reign to make it the way they wanted to because nobody really believed in it. I might be remembering my facts wrong. I'm not sure. It, it, it's hard to tell because, like, for a long like there was a period of like six months to a year where Demon Souls came out in Japan and was like a sleeper hit, and then, but Sony of America wouldn't take a chance on it, so like Atlas ended up publishing it here, and it's kind of hard to tell how much the game like. 
you know, there's not a lot of information on the game from around when it came out, so I'm not certain if they ever were open about what kinds of things they were allowed to do in that development cycle. And then, you know, Demon's Souls was a hit, so Namco Bandai was like, well, we can get in contact and have them make another Demon's Souls. Yes, the better Demon's Souls. Significantly, but... Uh, and then, like, they were like, well... The last one was hard, and people liked that, so what if we made that the entire marketing strategy? Ready to die. And thanks to them, we now have the This is the Dark Souls of X. The one downside. The other downside is the entire Dark Souls fandom. Um, I say that as a Dark Souls fan. Um, Also Dark Souls 3. Dark Souls 3 is better than 2. Let's move on. Um, let's let's karate fight about this. Like you, like name this place. We will fight over this. <laughs> Freaking wizard lover. Um, okay. I don't know what the I don't know what the sales figures are, so I can't say if it's you know a, a hit. Um, as far as like uh, the money they made on it, but I'm surprised how many people like it. Is uh, the the Danganronpa series? Mm. I'm not saying I'm oh, yeah, surprised because one. I don't like it because I love it. I'm I'm just <laughs> like. It's so hmm. out there that you're wondering, are that, How did this happen? that many people who are as messed up as I am? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, sometimes you just want to play Phoenix Wright where you feel really bad after it's done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's it's a surprise in any case. I think, like, it was... Danganronpa, I think, at the very least, fulfills their expectations, and that doesn't surprise me that much because there were there was enough of a fan community in it for it in English, that people were pissed off about how they were translating certain terms. So, because that was like, I remember there's like, I want to say like a either a translation patch, a let's play, or possibly both. Both of which had differing translations from what ultimately became the official localizations, and which thoroughly infuriated what small fan base existed for the game before it came out officially in English. So, I wasn't too surprised by Danganronpa, but it seems to do pretty well in English. So, Does anyone have any of these reverse? Uh, something that you thought would do well and just tanked? Hmm. When it first came out, I don't think it tanked, but I, I thought Yokai Watch would be bigger than it turned out to be. I think everyone kind of hoped that. <laughs> yeah. At least everyone with a mon- monetary involvement in it. You know, like, it got a big push, it got, you know, they put the TV show on, and I was like, well, you know, maybe that'll do pretty well, and it just, I don't think it's got bombed, the per se. Going. Yeah, yeah. It, it just, it never, it never hit that level of, like, the big thing that the kids like in the West. Yeah, I think the merchandise bombed, well, for sure. That that well, that happens to a lot of stuff. Yeah. I brought it up I a, think, few, a few minutes ago, did uh, World of Final Fantasy tank? I don't think it did as well as they were hoping, but they just decided to re-release it again anyway, so... Yeah, it's coming... That's right, it is coming out soon, isn't it? But, um... No, that's one I, re- I really would have thought would have done better than it did. It seems like it would be laser-targeted as any at anyone who had, like, a nostalgia for any Final Fantasy, but I feel like that's such a deeply mined vein that that might be why that didn't, uh... really go anywhere. There are, like, four or five free mobile games that do that exact same thing. Yeah, and all of them are nightmares. Every this single one, also one of kinds them. Of, this one also targets the, the monster hunting crowd, I think. Yeah, there's some Pokemon in there. 
Just stacked like 500 cactuars on top of my head. <laughs> uh, oh, I guess as a as a minor addendum to uh, to the like turned out to be a huge hit that surprised you. This isn't a huge hit, but it did do better than I expected given what it was launching again against. Apparently, Yakuza Six did better, like sold more in the West than it did in Japan by a significant margin. Oh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Which I was expecting well, it to—I was expecting it to not that I was expecting six to sell worse than zero by virtue of the fact that six was launching against God of War, which was a bigger name and came out two days later. So I was glad to be wrong on that. I think Final Fantasy Fifteen is another one I'm constantly surprised at. You expected at, that to just not do well, or at, at, I'm surprised at how many people. Do like it? I'm a big fan of it. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even like Final Fantasy games that much, and I like 15. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're outnumbered now. Yeah, I guess I'm. Where, where's the other question of of whatever the polar opposite is? Yeah, flops <laughs> that you thought would be hits. Yeah, it's not a flop either. I don't know. Games that you, how about the question of um, are there any games you wish had not done as well as they do? <laughs> there are some times where it's like I really uh, wish it hadn't been yeah, so influential. Little, I'm sorry, I'm not that I'm not that hateful of a person. Like I would really only wish it on games that like had like a negative influence on other things. Like oh, this popularized a really scummy business model. Like that sort of thing will be like I kind of wish you hadn't. I kind of wish you hadn't been rewarded for this. Uh, what were the, what were some of those games? Um, Battlefront loot boxes. Yeah, basically anything that like made loot boxes a thing you could do in a sixty dollar game is sort of like a, maybe don't. Yeah, seems like a bad idea. Like I'd be even fine with you selling hundreds of skins individually for some nominal fee, but don't. Don't tie gambling into it, maybe. Yeah, that's for collectible card games to do. Come on oh, now. Okay. Aren't you excited for Valve to bring that aspect of collectible card games back? No, that game looks boring. Aren't you excited Hard for... Hard pass. <laughs> aren't you excited for not being able to trade cards with friends? That, that Valve game is basically um, MOBA, the card game. So that is like... I'm trying to think of something more laser targeted to me. offend my sensibilities. <laughs> yeah, that that uh, it's literally based off a of MOBA, so. but it doesn't matter because I have Magic Arena. So yeah, what else do I, need? I can hope that one doesn't take off. I can play Magic Arena and Magic in real life and on my computer. Yeah, one day I'll get it. I'll have enough spare time to set up and play with you. <sighs> I agreed to this. This is my fault. Uh, we should probably go to another question before I start talking about Yes, let's games. definitely do that. Can you think of any single-player okay. RPGs that have, you have reached max level in? Also, all these non-eternal youth questions have been by our good friend Budai. Uh, max level. I it did feels... an FF6 advance, and I'm not sure why. I, I, I can think of two. One is almost cheating, and that's like Valkyria Chronicles, because that's not exactly hard to do. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, Trails, because I've played those games. And with... <laughs> Rare games as an adult, I played enough times over and over to reach max level. All those, nice. all those side quests are worth doing. But uh, oh, so many people me. to talk to. Yeah, 
This does remind me of, like you mentioned, oh, this is kind of cheating because it's just going to happen. And that does remind me of, uh, one, like, a lot, like, Star Wars Knife of the Old Republic, some of those, like, that type of Western RPG that'll do that, where it's like, oh, the level cap is, like, 20, and you're definitely going to reach it. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, one that I've brought up repeatedly as a, like, this is a terrible, terrible game that I have too much, that I remember too much of. Which is uh, PS1 Western developed JRPG Shadow Madness, which has a level cap of 15. <laughs> and the oh experience curve of a normal JRPG. Shadow Madness, that was the um, the company by the uh, Final Fantasy Translator. Yeah, it was Ted Wolsey's uh, project. I actually have that. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. There's some no. <laughs> writing in it, though, so I mean, he didn't. Yeah, the writing's enough. actually put, yeah. <laughs> but everything else is really bad. <laughs> Also, naming the main character Stinger is perhaps a little too JRPG name for me to follow you along on. But yeah, there's there's some decent things in there, but again, it's it it has one of my favorite awful menus in any game because every like the square button accesses like the item menu, the triangle button accesses the magic menu, and the circle button accesses yet another menu. I think like maybe the equipment menu, and like they're all they are all these hideous right like they they're all just a flat color gradient and nothing in them indicates what menu they are except what color they are it's it's a really really awful system and it's hard to describe in what ways but it's just like you failed every form of ui design <laughs> i think the highlight in that game was that every party member like contributed to the story contributed to the dialogue had their own Mm. Um, had their own personality that that came through in their dialogue. I don't think there was any anybody in the party that was just like, I don't know, like window dressing that wasn't really important to the um, the quote unquote story. Because I don't really remember if the story was all that interesting. It was just how it was told through um, through dialogue that was kind of neat. Never, and good. It had very good character voice. Yeah, I think I think I ranted about like Zero Von Moon Hard Five like three episodes ago. So. It, is, it evidently etched something into my brain, and I'm not sure why. So, I mean, points for that. A lot of those games that I played at the time didn't manage that. Uh, yeah, uh, mm. can't really think of any other single-player RPGs I've ever actually gotten to max level in because it's not usually a fruitful or interesting endeavor. Viewers, I can't think of anything. Finally, been mind flayed. Um, truly, the most uh, horrifying titans of this. Uh, kind of play are people who reach max levels in a Souls game, and people who reach max level in Kingdom Hearts 1 <laughs> while never leaving the tutorial. What? People have done that? Yeah, no. <laughs> is there anything like reaching such a high level at the very beginning of Final Fantasy VIII that the first boss is impossible? It's sort of like that, uh, except, like, you, the game doesn't scale like that, so you don't have to worry about that, but you do have to worry about just, like, this is accumulating hundreds of thousands of EXP at a max rate of, like, four EXP, like, every 30 seconds. <laughs> like, you're, like, the amount of concerted effort here is disgusting, and I don't know why they did it. I remember, like, every few years, I feel like someone rediscovers that there was a subculture of, like, crazy people that did this, because I remember seeing it on GameFAQs in, like, 2005 and wondering what the hell was wrong with them. And then, like, every few years I would see a, like, 
news post from a board writer that's like, hey, these crazy people recorded video footage of getting to level 100 on the tutorial area. It's like, okay, please don't encourage them. They're hurting themselves. That feels like the sort of thing that you only pursue if there's a hole somewhere else in your life. Uh, moving on. What's the last game that blew you away graphically? Mm, I have a good one here. Ooh. It's gone. Uh, Breath of the Wild. That's a good one. That was a really yeah. impressive game to see while holding it in my hand. Yeah. Uh, like, that was a first... big part of the context. At least for me. Yeah, the first moment you walk out, like, out of the cave and see, like, the whole world stretch out before you was uh, pretty damn impressive. And obviously, power-wise, I mean, the Switch isn't the most powerful thing or anything, but what what they did with the power they have was uh, really impressive. Especially considering, hey, you can play that you can play that game on the freaking Wii U. That was very much a game that, like, launching with that was very important for how the Switch was going to be perceived because it was one of those, like, yeah, no, I, like, it was a game that you could look at and it's like, I don't honestly care how powerful it is under the hood. Like, this is evidently powerful enough. <laughs> yes. Yep. Like, game that totally blew me away with its graphics is probably, like, Horizon Zero Dawn. Because that game was just Ooh, amazing. Yeah. Pretty yeah, that was going to be my answer as well. That's the only time I've ever abused the uh, screen screen grab button on the PS4. <laughs> my my current background is um, one of the screenshots from the, I think the uh, the DLC that came out for it. Nice. That had some really impressive like animations on the enemies as well. It's like watching them move. Uh, I'm gonna have to but... back a few years for my. Best example, but the original version of Nino Kuni on the DS. Hmm. I've never the good version that, that version. we never got. <laughs> that that basically, it has, it has all of the animated scenes that you would see in the PlayStation 3 version later on a DS. Really? Yes. How did they pull that off? That must have been some crazy video codecs going on. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, it it is probably the best-looking DS game I have ever seen. Huh. I'm looking at footage of this. This is... Oh, my. Yeah, no, oh, my. That is really impressively clear video for a DS screen. What the hell? Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I sure wish we'd gotten that version instead of the PS3 version. It sucks really hard. Um, Yeah, I mean... Yeah, but they couldn't have because of the book. Yeah. It was just too much of a... It wasn't going to happen, but in my fantasy, we could have gotten that instead. I mean, they eventually translated the book and released it with the PS3 version in the special edition. But only the special edition, whereas the DS game required it. Yeah, that's that's true. I keep forgetting that. I guess and, and there were actual puzzles and passwords that you had to find in the book in order to progress in the game. That's some hella anti-piracy. <laughs> but uh, that's old school, man. Yeah, yeah that's old. I mean, at one point in the DS game, um, actually at several points, whenever you stop at an inn, you might you have a small chance of visiting the Dream World. 
and the rabbit guy who lives there will occasionally will um, challenge you with riddles. And at one point he asks you, well, how many fish are flying in the sky? Except from the camera angle in the game, you can't see the sky in the dream world. So what you have to do is look at the illustration of the dream world in the book and count the fish there. Wow. Hope you brought your book with you when you were playing. Oh, you I went know. on the subway. I thought I could put it away. I'm, I'm having flashbacks to playing Starflight with the little wheel that you had to spin around every time you uh, left the space station. I love there, a good code wheel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> good old 1980s anti-piracy. There was the something like one. that. Go ahead. Um, the PS3 version of Nino Kuni had something like that, too, where you had to use the in-game uh, book to also look at the illustration, though. Some, um, I can't remember... Um, yeah, I mean, not that exact the same example either, and I can't remember what it is, but uh, so it just kind of rang a bell when you talked about that. It probably, I think it had to do with the, the ghost boy that you meet at, in the first town, and you meet him a couple other times where he will ask you questions pertaining mm -hmm. to the book. And, like, for example, one of the questions has to do with the, a message that was on a picture of, like, the Archmage near the beginning. And we had to translate something... Yeah, but um, mm -hmm. it turns out the first words that you, you can actually see in that picture was actually somebody's graffiti. So you have to find a message hidden in the illustration. That's the actual message, and not the one that was graffitied in. Hmm. Yeah, but um, like the uh, in order to access the ultimate spell in the game, um, the... The physical book had all of the diagrams for the magical runes, but for the mm -hmm. ultimate spell of the game, it had a connect-the-dot puzzle. It had like a 40-something point connect-the-dot puzzle. Um, uh. And in order to actually get the spell, you had to finish the, uh, actually the Ghost Boys se um, sequence of quests so that he would tell you which numbers to connect hmm. to get the rune. I've got another uh, another game I actually was playing earlier today that um, that really kind of is, is impressing me graphically, Resident Evil. Which one? Se seven, I guess. Oh, uh, seven. Biohazard. Seven. Crazy. It's played... um, the the people um, at times look really photorealistic, but what what impresses me a lot more is just the like the insane um, I, I don't know what to call it set design level design like the attention to detail in in how um, I don't know how dysfunctional the uh, and, and how run down everything looks desiccated yeah just <laughs> it's a joy and like I'm playing it in VR so it's it's really oh, that's um, how I played it it's like the only good VR game <laughs> It's uh, really interesting to just look at things as you go. There's so much, like, you can just sort of... You get so much sense of place just by walking around in the mm. VR mode and just really getting into everything's quote-unquote face in terms of, like, how much just set dressing there is. Yeah, set dressing. It's not always the prettiest, but it, it, it does blow me away in other ways graphically. Yeah. It's a really detailed game. Should replay that eventually. Spooky I, I time. really hope that they will continue with that. I mean, uh, you know, a, a rundown house in the Louisiana swamp, and 
what what a great setting that is for a a scary story like that. I really hope they 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 stick to some different idea, but kind of execute it in a similar way for whatever comes next. Finding some place that's like this area is spooky and underutilized. Yeah, some place that is a character just in and of itself that they can really just go to town on. Yeah. Man, I remember, and then, like, the DLCs for that went crazy. One of them is just like, oh, now you're playing a big burly guy who is capable of and will wrestle alligators. Because that's the other side of Louisiana games, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> from a, well, from, like, a Japanese perspective, it probably is. To Those be are, fair, it is grass. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I'll be checking out the DLC. I almost never do. Uh, not a hero is free and also worth your time. Oh, free, okay. <laughs> like, that one's, like, two or three hours long. Like, that was a pretty substantial one. So, I recommend playing that once you finish the game. It's like an epilogue. But, uh... Yeah, RE7 was a huge one. Like, that was that is still, like, easily... If you've got the cast-iron stomach required for some of the grotesquery, the best use case for VR still, in terms of a meteor experience... Well, you, I won't give it away, but you'll know what I mean. Today, I I played through um, the part in the basement with the uh, policeman, and you have to find mm-hmm. you have to yeah. find a key. That's all I'll say. Um, that was yeah. pretty pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I, I I just keep thinking like, wow, they how do they get away with this? <laughs> the level of yeah. gore is just out of this world. Yeah, you again definitely have a cast iron stomach if you mm-hmm. are interested in this video game. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, it, it goes places, and that's part of what makes it so effective. But, uh, the other thing I was... Uh, I, I wanted to track back to the original question just long enough to say that I kind of... there There is a period that I like to think back on, the period where, like, every... Like, seeing a game on a new console was like seeing something beamed from another planet. Because it was like... I, I just always enjoy the first time that I was able to really get a video in that I could watch more than once for a new game that I couldn't play yet was like when the PS2 was being previewed and seeing those was like the last time that it filled me with wonder to see a new game that looked really pretty and it's hilarious to actually go back and look at what was filling me with wonder now um the opening movie sequence to Final Fantasy VIII when it was first released Oh man! Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember both eight and ten, kind of like in those two different. I remember getting eight not too long after getting a PS One, which I got pretty late in the life cycle. I remember that that game kind of like blowing you away, and then like the next year getting a PS Two and having Final Fantasy Ten come out and having that just totally annihilate what you thought was amazing on the PS One. You, you don't get those kind of graphical jumps anymore. Yeah. I think I actually bought a a whole new PS One just to buy eight because like my previous one was starting to give up the ghost, so I bought a new console just to buy that game. Oh, uh, those those original model PS Ones are not hardy creations; they do not last. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my history with like Sony hardware. Is like I bought this and it broke right around the time my warranty was done. Thanks. Uh, I'm excited for what spectacular way my PS4 will fail before the uh, console cycle is done. <laughs> but, uh... Oh, 
I just remember people like, oh, no, you'll get more life out of your PS1 if you turn it upside down. <laughs> it's true. It worked, and it sucks it that worked. it worked. I don't know why, but it worked. I remember reading why it worked, and the answer was stupid. <laughs> I had the same pro like my PS2's disc read laser eventually died too, and that would work. That would work for a while if you turned it on. If you, I, I had it in horizontal position, putting it in vertical position. Suddenly, it worked for a few more for like another year. But after that, rip, it's gone. It's done. Here's another one that's obviously a couple of years old already, um, and I, I don't know how the uh, the HD remake is, but um, uh, the Last of Us definitely blew me blew me away when it came out. Yeah. Like, I mean, the the only thing that the PS4 version really does to it is, like, it was before the Pro came out, so it's not like they put it in for uh, They have the re resolution at all, so it mostly just steadies out the frame rate. But, uh, that was a really impressive-looking game. Naughty Dog kind of cemented themselves as the only ones that got everything out of the PS3 with games like that. Would anybody count Octopath as one? That was a really, yeah. really yeah. gorgeous, yeah. stylistic choice. In, like, a different way. Yeah. That, that tends to be what gets me now a lot more, just because, like, I expect everything I play to be at some level of baseline pretty. you got to do something more. Okay, here's a crazy art style. Yeah, and in that respect, I mean, when Valkyria Chronicles first came out, it was, like, visually arresting as well. Oh, just like, yeah. I've never seen anything like this. It looks like there's a painting on my TV. This is amazing. But I mean, even that, even now, like even though Valkyria Chronicles Four is the same style and it looks great, that 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 same sort of feeling isn't there. You know, it's like it's been there, done that. Yeah, I mean, that, I remember sad, seeing. But... Yeah, novelty only lasts so long, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about it for uh, games that really blew me away. The PS2 launch lineup, basically. <laughs> I'll just I'll just reiterate um, Horizon Zero Dawn again. Yes, I second that. It just deserves it. The, uh, I mean, I I thought it was the perfect game for many more important reasons. The story is like one of the to me is one of the the best stories I've I've played in. Oh, I don't even know. Probably you know a generation or two of consoles, if not more. And I and I get that not everybody feels that way about the story, but I really love it. Um, but like the animation cycle, the first I know the first uh, I, I can't remember two uh, two hours maybe of the game. You play as um as young Aloy, like a maybe she's like five or six years old, and her and then you never play as her again after that. She grows up, but the the little girl animation cycles as she's going um she's stumbling like through the ruins, but she has to. I know there was one part where I think she, she she's going up up the stairs. But she's doing it from, you know, a smaller person's perspective. And mm. the way she was animated was, it just, like, I had to stop and just pick my jaw it's, up off the floor. Yeah. And I have to keep reminding myself that this was made by the developer of the Killzone series. Yeah. Yeah, just, they were nope. apparently ferreting away a lot of people who could make much more appealing art. <laughs> yeah, they, they won't be known for that anymore. Uh, nope. Hopefully there will never. <laughs> That's for sure. If we're lucky, there will never be another Killzone game. Uh, how did there get to be five of those? Because Sony was just really desperate for a Halo killer. I remember they <laughs> bought Guerrilla Games after Killzone was announced, but before it was released, and that was one of those like, hmm, were you sure about that? Choice? <laughs> oh, that, 
That first game was not good, and I never played another one. Good choice. Although the Vita one is actually decent. I mean, its competition for first-person shooters was Resistance, Burning Skies, and Call of Duty Black Ops Declassified, so I mean, <laughs> any frickin' port in a storm. The lesson from both of those games is don't expect a company called Nihilistic Software to care about your contract development. <laughs> uh, okay. Got one more story, I guess. Okay, what is uh, it? Not one more story, but one more question. Oh. Uh, do you have any stories of trying to get a non-RPG player to try RPGs online or in person? Uh, hmm. No. I usually ended up... Like, <laughs> it, it was not something I was going to successfully manage, so no. I That's a real short question to end on there. <laughs> that, that happens I mean, sometimes. I mean, I, I've gotten my wife to enjoy watching me play games occasionally. I mean, one oh, one year she bought me Legend of Zelda: Link Between Worlds for my birthday, and she just really enjoyed me w watching me beat up the bosses. They react with such satisfying, like uh, they bounce back real well from getting hit with a sword. Oh no! I just mean, like like the uh, the boss in the town dungeon in the Dark World, where you actually have to hide on his shield. Oh, that one's really cute. That's a good fight. Yeah. It's a really good dungeon. That entire game has really good dungeons. I should replay Link Between Worlds one of these days. <laughs> yeah, I need to. Well, I actually 100%ed that, which I almost never do, even with Zelda games. <laughs> Does it count when you um, when you introduce your, your child to RPGs? I mean, technically, they're a non-RPG player up to that point. It's true. They they didn't play RPGs yeah. before that. That's a heartwarming story. <laughs> give, give me a few years, and I'll probably have a tale to tell on that one. <laughs> I think Wheels is in the yeah. middle of trying to make that a story he can tell. But he needs to get off Spider-Man yeah, first. Yeah, not quite yet. <laughs> not an RPG. We play lots of the Lego games, which mm. aren't RPGs in the slightest. They're a gateway drug. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I did yes. manage to get two elementary school students to go with me on a com incredibly homebrew Dragon Quest tabletop RPG. Hmm. <laughs> That's important, too. <laughs> yep. Every Wednesday for a year. That's a lot to get out of an elementary school student. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I tried to get my son to play the co-op mode in The World Ends With You. That is Wasn't much too complex a game. That will never happen. It's fine. He can just sit there and, and I'll beat all the things and he can just point at stuff. I don't know. That's, that's a great <laughs> reminder. I meant to bring that up earlier. I'm surprised that that game um, did as well as it did. I would have expected it to... Uh, maybe flop or at least do a lot worse. World ends with you in general, or yeah, I I played it. I was not a fan. Meanwhile, I'm still stumping for people to buy Final Remix. But on the um, it's a go ahead. It's a weird game. I was um, thinking. Okay. No, I was going to go back to the current question. So go ahead oh, with the uh, oh. the world ends with you. I will. I will split <laughs> off on it for just a brief moment. To say that I was thinking while I was playing it, huh, this has every quality of life feature that the Bravely series did. I never even thought of it that way. Huh. Hmm. You can modulate the encounter rate entirely. You can determine how much you're... Like, it actually has more of them just by virtue of, like, you can modulate your difficulty on a couple different axes and do that in a way that will get you more uh, stuff if you decide that you want to farm for items. It's just a... Uh, 
a lot of options there for how you want to play the game, which is uh, not something I associated with the game, but is definitely a hallmark of how the game is put together. But they're all just merged into all of its core components rather than it using a, con- a traditional set of mechanics. Hmm. I mean, on The World Ends With You, I would say I never... The original release never completely latched with me, but the release on tablet did. So I think there's going to be a lot of people that find like playing it in tablet mode will click with them a lot more than maybe the original DS release did because you don't have to look at two man, screens. Yeah. 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 yeah, the combat certainly never clicked with me on DS. I actually it, was, it did it was click tough. with me eventually. It's a game that I like the what having combat controlling two people in tandem does for the game thematically, but I can understand why a lot of people don't want to deal with it. Like, I think it was a great idea to try and use both, you know, to actually use the DS in both screens, but, yeah, it just didn't really click with me. But also, like, I just appreciate it because, like, the entire game is so built around that, like, idea of open up and trust other people, so you need to have a set, like, your character needs to be in constant tandem work with a second person for that Mm -hmm. message to actually fit. So I like it how it reflects the gameplay, but it also just makes the game really hard and really unfriendly. <laughs> yeah, it was just always so, depressing I mean, that I was better off uh, putting it in, uh, putting the second player in auto mode than trying to control them both. Yeah, well, I think they did a decent job with it in the the tablet tablet re-release, where it's basically um, it this the second character acts like another pin, essentially. Mm. Yeah, sorry, I just needed to stump for World Ends with you. It's out now, folks. It seems to be uh, on the eShop top seller charts. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it means it's something good. It's selling to someone. Uh, and if, I guess, if you're tentative and you have an iOS or Android tablet, it's relatively inexpensive there. Although it doesn't have some of the new content or remix music i think the, music, the soundtrack good. like the new one world ends with you is really good <laughs> the new one yeah you don't really need the remix remix right that was good enough the way it was but you can use both it took me a second to realize that the option was just sitting in the options menu but yeah like i i want this version to sell because it's basically these games last chance at getting a sequel so do it for world ends with two trademark pending That'll be pending forever. Oh, that's really <laughs> harsh. Not because the game won't get made, just because <laughs> your trademark will not be approved. I didn't say I wanted to trademark it. I'm just saying someone, if someone at Square never trademarked World Ends with the, when ends with two, then someone someone screwed up. <laughs> well, I did just um, pre-order the Kingdom Hearts uh, story collection. I so love that, that the story so far. Uh, that there you go. Trademark. It's been like what sixteen years since the first game came out. Yep, that's a October O two game, I think. I just now old enough to drive. I just remember I was in France at the time, so it had to have been two thousand two. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it was clearly a situation where it's like, well, you guys can't stop me from putting World Ends with you characters in my new game. <laughs> <laughs> It, Here, uh, when I realized, when I realized how that it that it 
wasn't older already, it kind of um, scared me because I remember I had a hard time with some of the bosses in it, and I I just I put it off to oh you know I, I was I was young at the time I didn't know how, what I was doing I'm a better gamer now so I shouldn't struggle with struggle with it as much, and then I realized oh it came out in 2002 I was in my well I was in my 20s already so I probably uh, wasn't that bad of a gamer and the game was just hard and I'm probably going to struggle with it a second time. <laughs> it's taken so long now you're an older gamer and your reflexes are starting to go and you miss yeah. that happy you miss that happy wow. middle part <laughs> so you were really emphasizing that older in older gamer <laughs> now i'm a senior gamer uh, man now i just my favorite anecdote i've ever heard from someone who worked on a tip line was like talking about like Someone working on the NES tip line talking about the incredibly old people that would call in asking for tips on how to beat Dragon Quest II without ever equipping anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, what kind well, of what tips the do tip? you think they can give you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there must be some tip. I don't know what tip you could give to someone. Purchase equipment. <laughs> no, that's not the that's not the run. Maybe it's not that they didn't know how. Maybe they just were purposely wanting yeah, to do a, a no-weapons run. That's what I'm saying. They were specifically doing a no-equipment run. <laughs> a no <laughs> this person lives in a retirement run. home and they have nothing else to do. So they do horrible Dragon Quest II challenge runs. That sounds about as bad as a no-sphere grid run on Final Fantasy X. Which people also did because they're animals. Well, the reason I brought up Kingdom Hearts... played through where it took me forever to realize I could actually level up. Um, <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Oh, my brain says... It's telling me there, there was at least one game where it took me forever to actually figure out how to apply experience points, and so when I finally did, it was ridiculous. But, um, what was the game? I'm going to remember this as soon as the, we finish. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, well Gaijin's thinking. What were you saying, Pascal? Um, I had I've already started planting the seeds for my girlfriend is not uh, she's not really a gamer so uh, when I pre-ordered Kingdom Hearts um, I uh, started planting the seeds hey you know it's a it's a game with uh, Disney characters and uh, and cute graphics and you'll love it and I'm I'm gonna try to get her to play it so I don't have to Wow <laughs> <laughs> this sounds more like you just want someone else to play this game for you while you vaguely observe it. <laughs> I'll observe it. <laughs> hey, most of them are fun. I adore like all of the ones that are actually in that collection, except maybe like Chain of Memories, because my pathological hatred of mm. card games. I did like um, Kingdom Two. I the reason I, I I don't have fond memories of the first one is because of like I said, I had a really hard time with a uh, hard game with, with Riku specifically. I don't know if you fight him more than once. I think just once, maybe. You fight him a couple of times, oh. but there's one fight that very specifically everyone gets stuck on, so I yeah, know which it's, you're talking about. It, it's one following like a 10 or 15 minute unskippable um, cinematic scene that An you have to watch every time. Oh, the uh, the HD remake actually made all the cinematics skippable, which is That's nice. That's good to hear. But uh, the, the other great thing about that unskippable cutscene is that it's really, really obvious. So there's a interview with Nomura from shortly after the game came out where they just where he brought up 
that the English voice actor for Sora's voice was changing during the during the game's development, and that made voice direction hard for certain parts. And it's like, oh, it's really obvious that like his, his voice is slightly shifting during that scene and cracking more off, more than it would otherwise, which is amusing to me. Uh, yeah, that's a that's that's a game that can generally, by dint of having a very unusual subject matter, kind of pull in people that don't normally play that sort of thing, so I feel like there's a strange amount of Kingdom Hearts fans that are not terribly fans of other Square output, and that might be in part why Kingdom Hearts as a fandom has such a strange reputation. <laughs> yeah. Status reports on how that ends up working. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, I think we are out of questions unless Gaijin has remembered what he was going to say. No, I don't. Ah, uh, sorry. I, see, I just remember it was something where it wasn't very, uh, oh, something I played last year. Hmm. I keep, what you were talking about did remind me of not realizing that uh, the first time I played it, the Breath of Fire Dragon Quarter had two different EXP pools, only one of which was applied automatically. <laughs> Yes. You have the regular XP that each character gets on finishing a battle, and the party XP, which you can dole out as you see fit, and carries over when you scenario overlay. I've had a lot of bad luck recently with playing games that don't fully explain their systems, especially like really important things. Um, the, I guess it was about a year ago now already, um, I played The Alliance Alive. Maybe it wasn't quite a year ago. Whenever it was. And that's another game where I got to the last dungeon and that's when I started figuring out critical systems that would have made um, <laughs> things much easier if I had you know realized them in time to really like put them to use properly and have them work for me the entire game and by then it was too late because I'd already saved in a point where I couldn't return like it's one of those games where it cuts you off in the last last dungeon with no way back yep. and the the only grinding you can do is within the dungeon so if you're ill prepared you're gonna have to deal with it somehow in there. And it was just, and oh, it was it was torture. I, I just bad luck with games like that. Can't buy basic, the most basic healing spell. So, yeah, I had trouble healing in the final battle. Oh god, it took me like an hour in Middle Magazino to realize I could turn off the auto run feature. <laughs> <laughs> I was just running everywhere into walls and didn't understand why. <laughs> Maybe you were you were doing an. A no, um, what's well, I don't know what the word for it would be. A no walk run. A no walk run, yeah. It's because you're old, Josh. You're old. <laughs> I don't have time to walk everywhere. I'll die. Yeah, life is too short. <laughs> Speaking of which, I, I I am playing Resident Evil with the walk speed set to slow. Hmm. I don't know what else you can set it to, but it, it's deliberately set to slow. Um, because of uh, VR um, motion sickness, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that does uh, give me more time to constantly have to uh, be afraid of something chasing me and behind me and at, at every at every turn. If I move too fast, I'll throw up. But if I move too slow, I'll get killed. Yeah, I have literally thrown up from that game. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you don't remember that from uh, from RP. Oh, uh, that's right, that's right. I I just I've forgotten it was so long ago. But yeah, the that's other right. Cast. Yeah, this is me finally picking up that game again after yeah. however long that was. Like I, yeah. 
practically when you got the arc. <laughs> yeah. I uh I got I got real lucky in like one thing about how my brain works and that's that uh like VR is completely incapable of doing anything to me to give any sort of motion sickness so I just like ran full tilt that entire game. Yeah, I've been lucky. I've never gotten motion sick in VR. It does give me a headache after a while, but I think that may just be my stigmatism. <laughs> I get uh, neck strain after a while cuz they just generally like the weight of those headsets ends up adding up over time. It feels like. Yeah, it, mo- most VR things, it's good after an hour, hour and a half to kind of take a break and relax and do something else for a little bit. Yeah, you'll destroy yourself otherwise. But oh man, that's just making me remember how good RE7 is. <laughs> oh, I have to play that again eventually. See what happens if I take the hunting shotgun instead. <laughs> It's sitting in my backlog. I need to pick it up sometime. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a huge RE fan. Actually, that's uh, that's another one of those last time a game blew me away with graphics was like Resident Evil 4 back in 05. Just for the sheer crowds that could attack you and still the game looked amazing. Uh, yeah. Good game. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing Resident Evil 2 with that sort of graphics. Oh, the- like, Capcom, I don't know what's going on, but that RE engine is probably the most impressive thing going tech-wise. Because DMC and RE2 are... DMC5 and RE2 are both built in it, and they both are probably the most impressive-looking things coming out in the next few months. Yeah. Monster Hunter Worlds is also insanely impressive. That one's in framework, which is also impressive to me. Yeah. Must be a pretty vers- versatile engine. Yeah, I think... We're uh, just about run ourselves plain on questions, unless anyone wants to bring one up of their own. Mm. <laughs> Sounds like a no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would in- probably end up bringing, um, like, mentioning yet another regularly mentioned game. So I'm like, okay, let's try to avoid this. All our most beloved games. Metal Max. Sa- Saga. Saga. Alliance Alive. That already actually got brought up. I'm surprised you didn't bring, you didn't uh, dive in when that happened. Well, no, it just reminds me. I have to get back to that. No, I figured Wheels would dive in. I figured uh, Gaijin would have more self-restraint. <laughs> I just have one question. Hmm? What makes Spider-Man so good? All right, you got. I got. I got to run. Good night. How <laughs> <laughs> oh, could you do this to me? <laughs> Clever. Clever. Uh, and no one even wanted to talk about this to the North Star. Oh, the the game I was thinking of where I didn't even remember how to apply experience points for a while mm-hmm. was Blazer Drive last winter. <laughs> um, it took me quite a while to figure out how to increase my main character's hit points. Hmm. So I went through like the first two acts of the game or the first two chapters of the game with nothing boosted. Oh, gosh. I mean, it's a card-based game system, so um, what you choose to outfit yourself with makes a very big difference. It's just that um, at uh, past a certain point, you are going to be feeling it if you don't have enough hit points to keep going. I knew it was something in there. I think that was because I accidentally fast-forwarded over the tutorial. Um yeah uh, I guess we should probably start ending this 
Yeah, alright. Guests, you can pimp your stuff. Pascal, you can go first, since you mentioned Spider-Man. <laughs> That's how it works. <laughs> I didn't know I had to pimp anything. Uh, what are you working on? We know you just got up a wonderful review of a Absolutely wonderful game. Absolutely glowing. It's going to be a little while before the next one, I'm afraid. I'm I'm working on um, what I was saying earlier on the... Um, I can't remember the name of it now. Labyrinth of Refrain. Coming one of those oh, that first-person dungeon crawlers. Oh. We'll talk to you about that in a few months. <laughs> yeah. Some more Nisa goodness. Oh, boy. I've actually heard more positive impressions of that one. Here's to hoping. <laughs> Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, but in my case, everyone should go read that brand new Vita feature that came out today. Oh yeah, I saw oh, yes. that. How could I forget that? Yeah, that's that's awesome. And I'm I'm glad we all got that together. Yeah, that's that's been in the works for a month or so now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you for putting that all together. Yeah, it came out really nice. Thank you. I thought I've, it looked pretty I've been, decent. I've been thinking about buying a Vita because I I don't own one. I've never owned one, so that'll be my buying guide. <laughs> You should, and you should probably do it soon <laughs> before it's hard mm, to. And right. I will. Uh, you might. One thing you could do. This is what I did for my second Vita. Um, if you go to Amazon.co.jp, um, I be- I don't know if this is still the case, but when I did, you could order a Vita there, and even with the international shipping, it was cheaper than anywhere I could find it in the U.S. <laughs> Wow. Not even unbought enough to be cheap. <laughs> yeah. I think it was like 180 or 179, something like that. So I reckon, really recommend you check that out if you're interested in getting one, because obviously they're going to become scarce, at least new, in Japan soon as well. So, And much better selection Japan. of colors in Japan. There's yes, more color. True. There's more than one color in Japan. Yeah, mine's a, it's a white front with a yellowish, yellow green back, like an electric lime color. Nice. Well, I shall do that. Uh, what was in the uh, top five Vita list on that? Uh, see. Cold I know Steel it was one and two, two. East. Two Cold Steels. East. Uh, east. Salsetta. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, Muramasa. Oh, that's what it was. Uh, yes. <laughs> Maramasa, I remember playing on the Wii, and I enjoyed it, but like the additions to the Vita always terrified <laughs> me, because it's like, man, VanillaWare games are already like a million hours long, and now there's five of them. <laughs> uh, well, it's got a decent translation on Vita as well it's now. It's true, so. it's true. Remember UTB yeah. Ignition? Of course you don't. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Yeah, I remember I, a few oh of their turds. Do I? Listen, I got uh, I got the director of Deadly Premonition to sign my copy of Deadly Premonition, put out by that very nice. short-lived uh, company in terms of video game publishing. Nice. They, they had some interesting picks, Muramasa and uh, um, El Shaddai. Oh yeah, that game's not as good as it should be. <laughs> that game is very good, and you are just an action snob. I'm sorry that I. 
that I respect any part of my time spent playing an action game. I wish that the game was as good as the graphics. It's, it's fine. It's not. It's not Devil May Cry, but it's fine. Uh, there's just so much time. I could be playing through Metal Gear Rising Revengeance on another difficulty mode. Oh, right. <laughs> but, but then you don't get to listen to the listen to Lucifer have cell phone conversations with God. What was the new yeah. game that was like kind of a Lost Child? That's what Lost it was, Child. Right? Yeah, that's Lost awesome. Child. Yeah. Is that good at all? Oh uh, yes. yes, the first yes. four or five hours I've played are good. I okay, mean, totally okay. different. It's a it's a dungeon crawler. Yeah, that's what I'd heard. I was mostly for a second. I thought you were about to damn it with faint praise. It was good for the first five hours, no. and then, but no, it's just the no, no, no. That, that's just what happens when you review games, and you know, yeah. you start playing yeah. something and. Then yeah, you get distracted yeah. reviewing something else and never get back to it. Yeah, it's just one of those things <laughs> where like there were two ways that thing could go, and I was very terrified that it was about to go on the and then. <laughs> didn't didn't pause play yeah, that? Pause really or liked it. Somebody else. Okay, that's what I've I thought. I've got her copy of it actually. <laughs> nice. Stolen. Yeah, it's sitting on my um, on my Switch as well. Hasn't been played yet. That that is another very solid first person dungeon crawler. Yeah. Speaking of first-person dungeon crawlers, which yeah. which is actually I, I still actually, on the Vita, the digital only though, right? Oh, that's yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. And PS4, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I hope it is because otherwise yeah. I feel very yeah. bad for it. <laughs> well, it's also on the Switch. Oh, so I could play it <laughs> Yeah, that's that's where I picked it up. I just I have a. Mountain high switch backlog. Aren't you excited to throw everything off of that backlog so you can replay Dark Souls for the eighth time? Yep. I'm not even sure if that number is an exaggeration at this stage. Uh, I've lost count. I know you got to at least New Game Plus Four, and then yep. you did at least one oh, yeah. straight New Game while I was playing it. Yeah, I did like did the four playthroughs with my original character, and then I did my mage. And then I think I did a second playthrough on the mage because it was so easy. I feel like I'm listening to someone recounting their like homicide list. <laughs> I, I I know that that game like so back in my hand at this point. You never know what you can do if you're really committed. Though I hear being a caster in um, Dark Souls Three isn't as easy anymore. That's why we all take Dark Souls. 3. Don't get me started. <laughs> I have so much venom for Dark Souls. Just because it's hard for him to be a spellcasting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Dark Souls 3, That's it's hard like... out here for a whiz. So you have That's to... why I like Dark Souls 2 so much. So you have to play Dark Souls 3 the way we've been playing all of them. <laughs> he also couldn't play Bloodborne because of this problem, too. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> the claws are out now. No, I mean, Bloodborne was more... I picked the whip, because I wanted to play it like great. Castlevania. That's how I played it. And... I, I, I just couldn't get anywhere with it. It's awful. I love the threaded cane. I don't know, you man. You get a lot of range out of it. Yeah, Dark Souls 3, the biggest issue wasn't even anything anything specific about spellcasting. It's just they went from the good system to the flat MP system they used in Demon Souls, which is not good. Don't worry, I used a lot Awful. of I used all my MP to do basically nothing because the weapon arts just aren't good enough, but I mean listen, one day you have to get to the, the 
One day you have to suffer as I have suffered and get to that boss that's just like two princes fighting you, and you have to, every time you attempt it, you have to listen to two princes by, uh, man, what is that awful band's name? Oh, gosh. Um, now that song's going to be stuck in my head. One, two, Thanks. Three, <laughs> people. You, it's spin, spin doctors, doctors, by the way. Yeah. Oh, that song sucks really bad, but it was a really good motivation uh, to actually beat that fight, because it's like, if I do, if I don't win, I have to keep listening to this. <laughs> and it worked. Well, <laughs> I, I don't currently have a copy of Dark Souls 3, because I sold it in preparation for buying the trilogy collection. <laughs> And then you're going to just play Scholar of the First Sin again. I have two words for you, man. Steel book. Yeah, yeah, I know you're a criminal. I I love me some steel books. Have I told you about some new uh, Trails Trails of Cold Steel games? Can I introduce you to some fine Trails of Cold Steel? That's good. Yes. Uh, Port them to Switch, please. Um, (sighs) You forgot your key line. What? See you, space cowboy. No, port them to switch. You cowards. No, no, I, I don't think they're cowards. <laughs> let's let's wrap this up before we get more okay. punchy. Um, usual questions, usual places. Ask wheel yeah. uh, at wheels on Twitter at either of us on the Discord. Uh, 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 the comment section where all of these questions inevitably end up coming from. Yep. Um, if you're curious about Dark Souls on Switch, I'm going to be writing an impression of it, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I got lucky. I pre-ordered it from Amazon, and then for some reason at some point, Amazon had it listed for, like, $29, which is a decent price. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, if people, anyone out there that's curious about the performance and whatnot, I'm going to try and get, like, a quick, quick impression up as soon as I can. Uh... So probably early next week, hope. unless uh, unless someone else beats me to the punch. In which case, I can just play more Dark Souls instead of Ray. I can't believe you committed the perfect crime. One, two, princess kneel before you. Well, we'll see. I'm gonna have to be playing a lot of uh, Lego DC uh, super villains this week. Marry him or marry me. I'm the one who loves a big cage see. Are you singing that stupid song? <laughs> Why? This long to know Why? What I was doing. Uh, all right. Ending <laughs> this. Ending this.